The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Master coach and human behavior specialist Emma Dunwoody is here. Hi, Emma. Hey, nice to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here. We're actually here to talk about human design. And I was telling you before the podcast that I have never had a human design specialist on the podcast. So, which is crazy because I basically talk about every other avenue for people to go through (laughs) self-discovery. So this is maybe one of the last that we haven't um, been able to dive into yet. So I'm really excited today. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Let's pull the bandaid off. Let's rip the bandaid. Okay. Well, first of all, why don't you tell the listeners, I know you've had kind of a crazy story, like your life before human design was completely different than your life now. So can you kind of talk us through what that looked like and then what drew you to human design as an avenue to just kind of go through a healing process? Yeah, yeah. I love this question. And you're so right. Like life before and after is really different. And the way I navigate life is really different. Well, 20 years ago, actually, I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder. And I was given this diagnosis and told that I was never going to heal from it. uh, But I'd learned to manage it. And in that moment, I was like, uh, that's not an option. Like I need to heal this thing. So that was a catalytic moment for me that sent me down the rabbit hole of really understanding why I do what I do, how I got myself to that point, and then ultimately how I would transform my life from that place. And ultimately, the first thing I was focused on was happiness. Like, how do we heal my mental health? Um, So... What that actually sparked was this determination to understand happiness, how the brain works. Of course, that led me to human behavior. Um, It led me to psychology, quantum physics, metaphysics, all of it. And I transitioned out of the advertising industry. I became a master coach. I went and trained for three years to become a master coach. I, you know, we moved from the country back to a city, back to Sydney, Um, I transformed my physical health as well. I healed my mental health. 
um, had two amazing children, you know, had been through some challenges like nearly getting divorced and healed that, all of these things. Until about six years ago, I was, it was, it was one January and I'm sitting on my bed and I'm like, I have come so far. I have changed everything. Why do I still feel like something's missing? Why is there still this hole inside of me? And for me, that was so frustrating because there was so much evidence of the change. And it was almost like it was sold to me that I would feel good if I did all these things. And yes, I felt so much better because I'd healed my mental health, no longer experienced depression, panic attacks, any of those things. Yes, I'd retrained and I was doing the work that I love to do. However, there was just this, this hole. And I kind of put it out to the universe. I went on a pilgrimage, literally. I went and walked 800 kilometers from the bottom of Spain across, sorry, bottom of France across the top of Spain um, on a pilgrimage called the Camino. And by the end of it, I sort of said to the universe, I'm like, there's something missing. I I fully get that my intention to really embody my purpose. um, I feel like I'm 86% there. There's something still Mm. missing. And and I was like, all you need to do is be super clear with me and I will do whatever. And at that point, I my business, I was it was very much focused on corporate. It was very research-based, science-based, behavior-based, um, very science-based. And as much as I had this connection and I was on my own spiritual path, I hadn't really integrated it into my business so much. I would always frame things through quantum physics, so anything that I could back up with research. Anyway, I get back from the Camino and over a 48-hour period, I get bombarded by questions about this thing, human design, which I'd been introduced to twice before and I'd put it down. Um, And because I'd promised to to follow whatever breadcrumb appeared, That's what I did. So I got a little bit curious about human design. I just Googled best human design teacher in Australia. She happened to live one suburb away from me. I'm like, you can't make this stuff up. You know, the next day I'm having coffee with her and talking all about human design. And it was in that moment that I'm like, oh, right. I now have to make this transition. Like I have to not only run this human design experiment for myself, but I'm getting that very, very clear guidance that this is, you know, bigger than me. You know, it was was something Mm -hmm. that really drove me with my mental health journey. I got very clear guidance that the healing of my mental health was bigger than me. It was about more than just my healing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the same with human design. So because I followed, you know, the commitment I'd made to the universe, I committed to my human design experiment. I started running my experiment. And then like the serendipity, the flow state, everything kind of just transformed overnight. And literally I went from having my, my business was kind of like part-time because I was supporting my husband who was traveling, you know, he was away half the year, two young children, um, you know, all the things that go with that, walking the dogs, making the meals, you know, cleaning the house. Um, and within a few months, uh, he took, a re- my husband took a, retri- a retrenchment package and I was like, I'll do it. I'll replace your income. I didn't even know how I was going to do it. But again, I was just guided um, through my strategy and authority. And sure enough, I not only replaced his income in 12 months and he was getting paid really well, um, but I surpassed it. And I look back on those days and think, wow, it was, and I still run my business this way today. It's so in alignment with the truth of who I am, not who I should be according to some other expert. 
Mm-hmm. I love that you just ended with that note because you also mentioned your purpose and when you were describing all the things that were happening. And I read something on your website. It said human design is a system that gives you a detailed blueprint of how your energy is designed, how you are unique and what your gifts and life purpose are. So I was going to ask, why do you feel like human design is so much more geared to our energy and our purpose than something like the Enneagram or um, just any of those other modalities that we use, you know, to kind of give us this like personality test in a way. Yeah. I lo- And you've actually just answered your own question. So um, for me personally, I'm a profiler. So I am certified in many of the profiling tools in eDisc, in, in Metadynamics. Um, I've used a lot of Myers-Briggs. You know, I know the Enneagram. And for me, the fundamental difference, or, or not for me, the fundamental difference between the two is that with any of these other behavioral or personality profiling tools, the way we get the answer, the way we get to the end result is using the mind, okay? So what does that mean? That means that if we go onto uh, Google then and we look up Enneagram and we go and do the free Enneagram um, questionnaire, then we sit there and we think about the answers and we're like, "Um, I think I'm this, I think I'm that. And all of this is coming from our conscious mind. I think I'm this, I think I'm that. Right. Um, and then we get a result. Now, that result's not going to be overly accurate. Maybe we're one of these people that were in one of the rooms that I used to have all the time and you have an expert who's facilitating, who's telling you not to think about it, who's telling you to focus on this and feel that and do this. And then you get to the end of your personality profile and it's going to be even more accurate. However, there is always this thing called cognitive dissonance. That is the gap between who you think you are mm-hmm. and who you really are because you're answering questions through the mind. Now, with human design, we take a reading from a moment in time um, from these crazy little things called neutrinos, which are these subatomic particles that move through everything, all matter. And as they move through matter, they leave imprints of the things that they've been through, like the planets. Um, so human design takes a reading from the moment you were born and um, approximately three months, it's 88 degrees of the sun before you're born, and it gives you these two readings. Now, the reason why human design is different is because there is no cognitive dissonance because the mind has not got involved with this blueprint at any point. It is your energetic blueprint. It's the energy that you um, experience, whether you're putting it out, whether you're experiencing internally, it's the themes that you're going to be constantly faced with, maybe the lessons, your superpowers, your gifts. So it's a very, very, very different read. And unlike astrology, even though astrology is a large part of human design, it's human design is very specific. So with astrology, your astrology is going to be better depending on the astrologer that you're working with. The better right. they're at it, the more intuitive they are, the better they know you, the better the reading is going to be. Where with human design, it can be very, very specific. So okay. it can dive down into the depths of your truth. Okay. And you actually have a term transformational human design. What is that? Yeah. So being a behavioralist, I think one of the, and a behavioral coach, one of the things that I remember in my journey that would frustrate me about psychology, for example, and a lot of psychologists, psychologists retrained to become coaches or therapists retrained to become coaches because they're not trained to help people. They have to hold space for people. They use certain models. They sort of help them navigate. But a coach is like, okay, well, what do you want? 
What's right. the goal? Right. And and ultimately, um, you know, it's about moving towards that goal. And as we move towards that goal, then all these things that you would work with a psychologist on, they come up, we heal them, we transform them, we move through them. But it's this, it's always about growth. So for me, when I first came to human design, and especially all the the original knowledge, it's very this is who you are, tough, you know, just deal with it, just suck it up, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, nah, that's not how human behaviour works. That's not how quantum physics works. We all have potential. We all have room to raise our consciousness. We all have room to transform and grow. So for me, over time, over the years that I've been doing this, I've brought in human design, uh, the Gene Keys. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. had any shows on the Gene Keys yet, but they're like exceptional and amazing um because and they also have a growth pathway that the human design doesn't give you um and then i've put it together with transformational coaching models so um we can actually align to the energy and recondition the supercomputer the subconscious mind so that it is in service to our authentic design as opposed to the other way around because most people are letting that subconscious mind the supercomputer lead um, and we really want the heart we want the authenticity we want that to be leading okay so it's actually that that is the way that you're coaching people with transformational hum- human design and we'll have to have you back and, and talk about gene keys because it's a whole nother modality <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting best. into all of these right now and they are it's so interesting because I've been doing the other stuff for so many years and not that that wasn't helpful but it is like you're saying I can feel how much more in line it actually is because I'll be going through something in my life. And then I have a friend who does my gene keys and she'll go, Oh, that's because this and this is transitioning this week. And I'm like, what? She's like, he's showing me the growth growth patterns and then the ways I can sabotage and get in my own way. And it's just really, really interesting, but okay. I want to try to give listeners a blueprint, if you will, of human design, which I don't even know the best way other than to maybe start with explaining what the four parts are, the four different types, maybe. Yeah. Um, and yeah. if you have any feedback on maybe another way to approach this, I am totally open here. But that was my instinct to be like, let's do the four types first. Love it. Okay. okay. So when we first come to human design, um, you're going to, let's say you go and get your free chart. You can get your free chart on my website if you want to. Um, it gives you a lot of information. You're going to read over it. You're going to go, wow, yep, that resonates. And then you're probably instantly going to be overwhelmed because yes. there's so much information. <laughs> it's like, what does all this mean? It's a it foreign really language. Weird. That's what I said exactly. to you before. I don't even yeah. understand how to read my chart. Exactly. So we want to really start at the beginning. And the beginning is the two fundamental things we want to know about our design that we want to experiment with first is strategy, okay, which we get from our type and authority. And authority is our own internal um, decision-making way. Okay. So with type, it's our kind of like our jumping off point. It's how our aura, this bubble that we walk around in, it's how this aura feels inside of it and how it feels when it interacts with other people. So there's four types. There's technically four types, but I'm going to give you five types, okay, Okay. because there's one hybrid type. So we start with manifestors and manifestors are our, their strategy is to initiate and inform. They're here to inspire people into action. They're the trailblazers. Um, they're the, they tend to be outspoken as kids. They're the ones that kind of don't need adults, teachers, whatever. They just do their own thing and they're always okay. Um, 
they're the ones that they're really designed to be very unique uh, and powerful. They're very powerful individuals. However, um, as a child, they also realize that that makes other people feel uncomfortable. So they can shut down their power. They can um, become people pleasers. So you just have to watch out for that because ultimately the manifester is on the planet to inspire people into action, okay, and their specific people. So there's going to be some people that don't like them and some people that do. And if you're a manifester, don't don't try to get everyone to like you because that's not the role you're here to play. You're here to inspire really important people. You know, one of the examples I use a lot is Johnny Depp, for example. Mm-hmm. So he's a manifester um, and he's well known for the moment he walks onto step onto set, everyone might have all their lines and think it's all going to go a certain way and then he turns up and he just jo- does Johnny and everything else kind of falls into place. You know, the directors love him for that. You know, he really brings the magic. That's the way a manifest is meant to be. They're meant to be very on their own path and they will inspire others. Then we have generators. And if you are a generator you're um, or a manifesting generator, so these are the two that kind of um, fit into the same type. So, okay. uh, but I'm going to s- split them out. We'll start with generators. Your strategy is to respond. These mm. are people who have this big, beautiful aura. They're here to attract everything to them to decide whether they have energy for it or they don't. It's really that simple. And one of the challenges is that, it might be simple, but it's not easy. You, you know, you might pay pay attention to, yeah, I've got energy to do that thing or someone offers you a job or someone says, do you want pizza? And you're like, yes, 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 easy. They're easy. Um, but what if someone says to you, um, you know, do you want to buy, I don't know, let's just buy this house on a whim, let's say. All of a sudden the mind jumps in and goes, no, 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 I need to think about it. Like, is this a good investment? Is it? A, and really the gut's like, yeah, we do or no, we don't. So it's really learning to trust that that response um, and acting on it. The generators, they're also here to do the work that lights them up, okay? So if the manifestors are inspiring people into action, the generators and the manifesting generators, they're building this new world. So if you're a generator and you're doing the work that lights you up, then you're literally building the new world, creating something completely new, creating something that lights you up. Um, and redefining work, rebuilding things. You know, the manifesting generators will tend to break things and remake things. Mm. Um, They're the hybrid of the manifester and the generator. Their strategy is to um, respond and inform. So it's a bit of both. And they're going to be, they're non-linear. So a manifesting generator does a bit of this, a bit of that. For example, I'm a manifesting generator. Um, My, like I worked in a cafe at school, then I worked in the advertising industry for many years. Then I became a chef. Then I managed an equestrian property. Then I became a master coach um, and had my own business and an entrepreneur. So um, these are people who that will kind of jump all over the place, but all of the things that they do, the threads will come together. Mm. They're here to demonstrate human potential and to redefine work. So you'll see a lot of MGs like me that are kind of saying, yeah, nah, I don't, let's just break all those rules. They don't, nah, let's just do something different. So the MGs are very much here to demonstrate human potential. Then we have the projectors. And the projectors kind of look out onto the world. And if the manifestors are inspiring people into action and the generators and manifesting generators are building the things that light them up, the projectors are looking at all of these things and going, 
oh, I think you could do a little bit different over here. You could do a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that. Oh, you're not using your energy in the best way. You could use it like this instead. So these are the very wise humans that can see the nuances of the energy of how things are being done and not done. They will tend to be people who know how to create greater efficiency. So that could be mm. tech, that could be relationships, it could be anything. But these are people, the projectors are here to be seen and acknowledged. And, and their challenge is that they live in a world where they've been trying to almost force people to see them. They've, they've looked externally for validation instead of valuing the worthiness that sits in, inside of them, the, the wisdom that lies in them. And their um, their uh, strategy is to wait for the invitation. So what that means, it doesn't mean sit around and wait, on, you know, sit on your hands and wait for something to come in your direction. What it means is that when there is not an active invitation on the table for you to share your wisdom, whatever that is, then you want to be obsessing over whatever that thing is that you see that you know you can do better, that you can go deeper, that you can reform, that that you have wisdom to add, like focus on those things because ultimately then the invitations will flow. Um, and you guys aren't designed to work the same way the generators are designed to work. Uh, you're really designed to work in smaller, you know, time blocks, if you like, because you just don't have the same energy to keep up. So it's more about focusing on the things you love to do. Mm. Uh, Taylor Swift is someone who I always, I think she's a great example of a projector. She has a lot of energy to do a lot of things, but it's so much of it is about her. It's mm-hmm. about her journey, about what she loves doing. You know, she's a classic, like she's breaking the old music system and creating this. Um, she's like, no, that's that doesn't work. I'm going to create a new way. She's re-recording all of her music. And then you see her on stage and she's like, oh, I love the attention. Mm-hmm. And we want to give her the attention because she's in right. alignment. You know, right. and then the last type is reflectors. Okay. Um, they are the smallest group. They're 1% of the global population. They are incredibly powerful beings. They have this incredible relationship with subtle energy, meaning that they can read subtle energy at such a deep level. Um, oftentimes when they're in alignment, they can really see or feel into the future. They're here to demonstrate uh, the truth if you like. So we've got the manifestors inspiring people into action. We've got the generators that are building. We've got the the projectors that are refining. And then the reflectors are reflecting back, well, this is really where we're at. Either you as an individual, um, you as a group or a family, community, a business, reflecting back the truth of where we're at. So for reflectors, you want to be very conscious of the way that people and places and experiences make you feel because you're amplifying that and reflecting it back. So, um, you know, you're contributing to creating this new reality through Mm. this energy that you're reflecting back. So be in those places that feel good to you so that you can help amplify those things and the things that don't feel good for you, you want to step away from. Now, your strategy is to take time and feel things out over the 28-day moon cycle. It doesn't always have to be 28 days. It's just a way that you can give yourself time. Um, And there's a lot more detail of why the 28 days about, you know, sort of tracking your chart that I won't go into. But um, really super powerful people taking time all about the way they feel um, with people, places and experiences. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. 
It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I know we all test as one, but as you were describing like the descriptions of each one, I thought about myself in each one a little bit. Like there was a little yeah. bit that resonated. So I'm like, wait, can you have more than one? Or do we have like a little love, bit of a percentage or what, how does that work? I love this question because one of the things with the way I teach human design is a lot of the time I'm like, mm, types kind of crap. Really? Um, and the, yeah, because it's actually like the initial download didn't include type. Type was created to simplify the process of teaching. Now, one of the challenges with type is, especially today, because, it, you know, human design's taken off and there's memes all over the, you know, the internet, all over Instagram, TikTok, everywhere, um, that are putting people into these type boxes. And really, type is just an outline of what we call definition. Now, we can have such different definition from person to person that, you know, a projector that feels like they're not seen or heard or has no energy, you know, in their shadow state, um, 
you know, they might resonate with a lot of the 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 um, memes out there. However, if you're a projector that has three of the motors and if you're a projector that's doing this, that, and the other, you're just going to be like, no, I have all this energy. I've got a defined throat. People listen to me. Right. I don't know, that doesn't resonate with me. So really that's why I always say like you want to know your strategy um, there's another thing within type called your signature theme and your not self theme. So these are two little indicators that are like, I'm in alignment, I'm out of alignment. I always okay. think about it like driving down the road, you know, I'm either driving straight towards my my purpose or my heart or my destiny, whatever, or I'm like swerving all over the road. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we have to be very conscious and really pay attention when <clears throat> something doesn't resonate because it's going to be something deeper in the chart. You either have something defined or undefined. Um, you know, like, for example, like if you, um, let's say you resonate, and I, I can't see your chart, but I know the the top level stuff, but let's say you have this gate 34 in your chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a generator, it's going to be activated. So when I talk about a manifesting generator, you're going to be like, yeah, I really resonate with that. Like I'm multi-passionate. I like to do a bunch of different things. And that's because you have the 34. You just don't have the whole channel. Oh, okay. So a lot of the deeper nuances, that's why we want to take our time Um don't get overwhelmed, but just take our time to go slowly deeper and deeper and deeper because that's where the real authenticity sits. You've mentioned strategy and authority a couple times. So what are those pieces of this yeah. whole story? So your strategy is the way the universe speaks to you and guides you. Um, and then your authority is your internal guidance system. So imagine that these two are like this communication loop that are constantly working together to guide you to where you your soul um, wants to go in this life or the manifestation that you want to create or the relationship that um, your heart desires. So with strategy, it, it's the, I actually mentioned each strategy with each type. So if you're listening to this, you can go back and check out your strategy. And then each individual will have uh, their own authority. You and I are both emotional authorities, mm-hmm. um, which is almost half the global population, meaning that we make decisions through over time we need to wait for emotional clarity so our sacrals might go yes i've got energy for that but we just if we're in in an emotional wave which we're always in which is really important to understand from a behavioral perspective because a lot of behavioral work that we do or transformative work or mindset work you know a lot of tony robbins stuff things Mm -hmm. like that we're going to be constantly focused on you know, like physiology is everything. So if we don't feel great, if we change our physiology, then we're going to feel better. Then we can change our mindset. Then we can change our language. Da, 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 da. With an emotional being, you're always in this mechanical wave. Always. It's always, always, always there. So you have to re, um, you know, rediscover a new meaning. You've got to create a better meaning for the highs and the lows and not make decisions in the highs and the lows because, you know, the next day you're going to wake up and go, damn it, I actually, mm-hmm. that wasn't correct for me. Um, so then there's a number, there's um, sacral authority, which is a really simple, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yes, I've got energy. No, I don't have energy for it. Then we've got splenic, which is all about intuition. So it's the subtle energy guiding us um, to make our decisions. And then we've got some of the um, the smaller, as in population-wise, uh, we've got ego authority, self-directed and mental Um 
and the, the lunar authority, which is the, the reflector. And all of these are a form of learning to feel into the body, depending on your definition, um, noticing what comes out of your mouth, speaking things out um, and making decisions through a process of allowing yourself to speak something out, you know, whether it's what you want to desire, whether it's your direction, whether it's your thinking into a moment of, oh, that's it, a moment of knowing. So we all have different authorities. It's so interesting because as an instinct, I'm a generator, as we talked about, or I don't know if we mentioned that yet. I'm a generator, but you just mentioned my authority is emotional. And the way that I have always operated in life is that when I'm supposed to do something, like I just know, and I never have known how to explain that, but it's very clear to me. People can be like, that makes no sense. But for whatever reason, I know that's the road to go down. But there have been a lot of times in my adult life where I don't know. And so I will either feel the need before I knew about this human design stuff, I would feel the need to like either figure it out or force my way into something or push, 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 push. And it never felt right. Or I would make decisions that would end up blowing up in my face because they weren't the right thing for me. And so it's just interesting. The more I'm learning about this, I'm like, oh, that was why I couldn't actually make that decision because I'm a generator. Things are supposed to come to me. Like I'm supposed to attract it in. And the emotional piece, like if I don't have the clarity, then I should not be acting. Exactly. Exactly. Like you, and and that's the piece, you know, like, especially with emotional authority. um, And I know this will sound, you know, this is going a little bit deeper, but it's an awareness center, meaning that Mm. oftentimes the emotional authority, especially when you've got a defined cycle, like you do, like I do, um, you're like the body's like, yep, we've got energy for this, but you just know it's not correct yet. Like it's not, the green light is not there. And often that's just because the emotional authority is an awareness center. Same with the splenic authority, it's an awareness center. So what it's saying is maybe not yet, you know, Mm -hmm. it's looking for divine timing. Uh, Maybe there's a piece missing. So it's waiting for that other piece. Maybe um, you need something that, you know, it knows you need something that you don't know you need yet. So it's that ability to just wait, to just ride out the emotional wave until you get to this place where you're like, oh, it's obviously this, you know, that knowing. It's just clear. It feels easy. There isn't a huge emotional attachment, whether it's high or low. It's just like, yes, the green light. For me, I always talk about it just feels like a green light, like a no-brainer, do it now. 100%, yeah. Yeah. What would be the other things that people could look for? Like with human design, I guess my question is, what insight to yourself do you really feel which is so overwhelming that it changed your life like what did you really learn about yourself by really getting into this human design well honestly everything I think one of the things that um, is super important for everyone is profile so I'm going to come back to that and I'll share my story but ultimately I think the biggest piece for me and for you know I've worked with thousands of people now is the permission slip is that all of us have that knowing inside of us that, you know, we want to do this thing or we have greatness or we've got something to give or we've got more to give or something bigger to be or we just don't want to be doing, we know what we're doing isn't correct for us. And ultimately, human design gives you that permission slip because when you start to dive into your design, you're like, oh, my God, I just thought I was making this stuff up. I, I you know, didn't realize and that I actually am here to do this work. It's not just me saying, oh, I just like to do this thing because it would make me happy. It's like, oh my goodness, this is the purpose this soul came in for. Like I better get on to getting it done, you know? Right. 
Um, and I think for me, like even right at the beginning, the the being a manifesting generator and discovering that I was a non-linear being, that, that instantly set me free. The fact that I was meant to break things, um, I wasn't meant to walk anybody else's path. I need to sort of, you know, I'm, I tend to be a little bit, um, I want to pull things apart and then put them back together. So all of that really resonated. Um, for me, profile was another place that was really big. And at first I didn't like it because I'm a, a line three, I'm a three, five. And the old school language about around being a line three is, um, you know, it's all trial and error. So they would say, well, basically you're screwed because your entire life, you're just going to fall down and fail and then you'll get up again and then you'll fall down. And I was like, that sounds nah, terrible. You know? Yeah, yeah no, nah, nah, that's not, you know, and again, like I'm a behavioral coach. I know that that's not true unless I believe it's true. However, once I brought the behavioral coaching part to it, I'm like, <clears throat> oh my God, I'm an alchemist. I get to, you know, literally get my hands dirty. I can throw myself at all these different experiences because that's actually what I love to do. And, you know, I'm always winning or learning. That's it. Two of my favorite things, winning or learning, like bring it on. So a lot of, um, you know, human design, especially the old school language is very disempowering. Whereas when we take the time to make it empowering, like what else could it mean? we start to really see the potential that lies within us. So profile, um, it's going to be two numbers. So you'll mm-hmm. see on your chart, there's two numbers. As I said, I'm a three, five, you're a four, six. And this is kind of, um, we call it in human design, the costume of your purpose. Okay. What it really means is how. It's your how. How you learn, how you serve, how you move through life. Um, you know, the significant themes that are going to turn up, um, how you behave in relationships, all these sort of things. It's it's a really powerful overarching theme that is going to help you navigate life. So do you want me to go through each line number and then people can put their own profiles together? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Yeah, cool. So the line one is the, um, the energy of someone who wants to get to the bottom of things. There's someone who wants to research. They want to learn. It's called the investigator. Okay. Um, they will be someone who, and originally we used to talk a lot about being book learners, but I think now as learning's really evolving, um, it's not just book learning. It's just someone who has a, a an absolute thirst for knowledge and they want to get to the bottom of things. Um, they're going to answer. They're going to have all the answers to all the questions, and over time, they become the authority because people know they can rely on them for the information, for the knowledge. Um, so, yeah, the one thing that a line one needs to be conscious of is they can self sabotage themselves by not taking action because they think they don't have enough information. Okay. Not true. If your strategy and authority says it's time to take action on something and do it. Just do it. Don't let fear jump in and say, I don't have enough because the line one in its fear, in its shadow will never have enough. It's like shadow um, strategy and authority will keep you moving forward. Then we have the line two and the line two is the natural. Uh, This is the gifted child. It's called the hermit. So they do love to have their own time and their own time is really about developing their skills. Uh, They will tend to not like authority uh, they don't like being told what to do, and they will be really good at things 
and they will find the things that they're meant to do easy. So, for example, my youngest son is a line two and he loves music. And for many years, he had guitar lessons and flute lessons and they kind of never went anywhere. So he says to me, uh, probably a couple of years ago now, mum, can I have a piano? And I just said, sure. How do you want to learn? Instead of going to the authority type teacher, he said, there's this app. Can you get me this app? Um, and basically he taught himself 50 plus songs. He actually taught himself to play the Harry Potter tune without any help, um, just using his ear. So this is a line too. They have to be allowed to really develop their own, learn in their own way, doing their own thing. Then the line three, this is, it's called the martyr. Um, you know, in our shadow, we can be a little bit martyry because we are the ones that learn through life, through trial and error, through, mm. I always say, like um, scuffing our knees and bruising our elbows. Um, however, we are also the great experimenters. We're the ones that will be tend to be more resilient, will tend to be more willing to take risks. We, we love to live a less ordinary life. Um, you know, we, we want to move and change and, you know, give lots of things a go. And in that place, we, we call out what doesn't work and um, we share what does. And they tend to be people that others are very drawn to because they feel like, wow, you've walked in my shoes because there's a lot of experiences that a line three will have. Then we go to the line four, which is one of your lines. And the line four is you know, it's what we call one of the foundational lines. The line one is the other foundational line. And your foundation, so your safety and security in life is going to come from the relationships you have, from the family you have, from the community you have, from the network you have, um, you know, everything from job opportunities to intimate partners to best friends to where to go on holiday, all of that is going to come through your relationships. You know, um, one of my dear friends and one of the teachers in my membership community, she talks about from the marketing perspective, it's like you don't need to market out there because you just you just need to hang out with your people. And when you hang out with your people, they're going to do the marketing for mm-hmm. you. Um, and it's really important for the line fours to have really solid boundaries around their relationships. If a relationship isn't serving you if it's toxic if you know it's not correct for you you have to be courageous enough to leave that relationship because so much of your life is about or the quality of your life will be reflected in the quality of your relationships does that resonate with you 100 percent. yes yeah. I mean it's it's interesting that you say that because so often and I think I've said this recently but especially in my romantic relationships like the rest of my life could be great you know, like jobs could be going well, everything like seems on paper, like it should be good. But if my romantic relationship is not, it can take me completely out. Like it's like, it's just like, I can't function no matter what else is happening. And it really kind of starts to trickle over into everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's so fascinating that that, and that's that's the line for, you know, and like the, the, the old school, let's say, even from a coaching perspective, what would we do? Well, we'd help you make really solid boundaries around that so the intimate relationship doesn't leak into the other areas. Whereas when we put human design with it, we say, nope, you actually need to put this intimate relationship, like this needs to be a priority for you right up here on the pedestal. Um, So if that's not 100%, then it's got to go. You've got to have such good boundaries around that because you're designed to have those relationships affect you in every area because, and just as much as 
the bad, the good, you know? So it's like, 100%, okay, heal, yeah, exactly. Right. So heal your stuff, raise your consciousness, put your boundaries in place and make sure you're really honest about the people in your life. And then all areas of your life are going to go really well. Yeah. Because so, I can also have the positive, like you were just saying, where it's like, I'm feeding off the positive energy of those relationships so much so that it's like, especially being the generator or whatever, I think I become more magnetic that way. And it's just like, if I'm in that light, just walking around happy and free and feeling, I think what you said about the security and safety is the biggest piece for me. When I feel that, then all of these things start flying in. It's crazy. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. So I love that. Yeah. Um, then we go to the line five and the line five is um, the heretic. and we as line fives, I'm, I'm a line five myself. These are people who um, they're often healers. They have to heal themselves first and then heal the other. They have this real dance with power uh, because the line five in merit many areas of the chart really talks about leadership um, and power. Ultimately, the line five, we're the solutions, okay? So if you have a line five in your life, then they are probably the ones that hold space for you, that help you solve your problems, mm. that, um, you know, think out of the box, that, you know, really support you. If you have a line five in your life, please support them because in most cases, people don't return the favor. So we wander around until we find ourselves another line five and go, okay, now someone's going to help me and hold space for me. But they're very practical, they're very solutions-based, and, yeah, they're they're the ones that want to have a big impact on the planet. Then we have the line six, which is you, Mm -hmm. Um, and the line six is the role model. And if the first thing that I say to every line six is one of the themes of your life is going to be patience because you are going to, as we all do, but, but even more so for you, that your real gift to the planet is going to take time because it's going to be so brilliant. The line six is always looking for something special, whether that's in a relationship, um, whether that's the work that they do, whether that's, um, you know, even the things that they have in their life, they're looking for something special. These are the visionaries. These are the people who can see the p- potential around the corner for planet Earth, that they can see like one of my favourite metaphors um, is like with the line six, there's some areas in the chart that you can kind of look at money and, and wealth and prosperity. And um, if you have a line six in a certain area, then you're this person that can see a world without money because it's this whole visionary um, place where, yeah, what if we didn't need money? What if we just did what we loved and then we just shared what we loved and it all just went around? Like perfect, right? Right. Um, so as a line six, you have this real visionary ability and you really are, although we are very unique, the line six has this extra level of uniqueness, like they're, because your, a lot of your purpose is to be authentically you. Mm. And when you're being authentically you, you give everyone else permission to do the same. So a lot of your journey, um, and the line sixes are what we call triphasic. So it's almost like you have, you're one version of you up until the age of 30, then you're a different version of you between 30 and 50, and then you really step into this role model piece after 50 where everyone just wants to sit and listen to you speak, like you're, you know, Yoda sitting on a cushion or something <laughs> like that. So, oh so boy. yeah, they're very, yeah, <laughs> wait for it. It'll, it'll come. You guys are going to see me sitting on my mountaintop burning my sage. Just come listen yeah. to me. <laughs> exactly, right? I love it. Oh. 
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents she's got all of these maseratis and bentleys all in the driveway is it like a mansion yes it's a mansion that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So is that it? Is there only six? Yeah. Okay. There's only six. And then the two come together. So everyone will have two numbers. Like I'm a three, five, you're a four, six. You could be a one, three or a two, four. So the two numbers will come together. So why do we have two? And then how do they work together? Mm, Great question. So we have two because we have the first number comes from the conscious side of our chart or the personality side of our chart. And then the second number comes from the body or the unconscious part of our chart. So there's these two Mm -hmm. readings that we get, the time of birth and the approximately three months before we're born. So they're the two numbers that come together. And how they work together is that with the second number, we have to, we it's almost like we have to align to that first. Okay. Um, because that's the body, that's the vehicle, that's the soul's purpose, that's that side of the chart. However, it's so innate 
It's also called unconscious that sometimes we're not aware of it. So Mm -hmm. with human design, it helps us bring it to conscious awareness, meaning that we can do something about it, meaning we can lean into it, we can let go of the fears of it, we can stop expressing the shadow of it and start expressing the higher potential of it. And then the second number is our, sorry, the first number from the personality side then shines brighter. So I'll give you an example. I'm a 3-5, so a lot of my work in the world came from my healing journey as a line five. Then as a line five, I heal myself. I have all these experiences, three, I'm having all these experiences and I'm healing myself, experience, healing myself, experience, healing myself. Then my line five goes, right, I want to universalize this, meaning the line fives want to take it all out into the world. They want to teach Mm. everyone, share it with everyone. Um, But I have to do that for me first. Now, the third part, the third, I don't know about the third, but the next part for your profile that's very important is if you have the big number or the small number first. So again, let me give you an example. I have the small number first. You have the small number first. We're both personal profiles, meaning that your focus needs to be on your personal journey. If you focus too much on the other, then you will get out of alignment. Okay. Okay. You need to be focused on your journey and then especially being a line four, like all you're going to want to do is share it with your network. Right. However, you have to have your journey first. Okay. Um, for, for me, the same, like I have to heal me first, have my experiences first, then I take it out to the world. Mm. Now, if you have the big number first, you need to be more focused on the other than yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that you uh, neglect yourself, don't nurture yourself, don't have your own self-care, all those things. It's that if you get into a place where you are thinking so much about yourself and your own journey, that's going to be really, really um, disempowering for you. You're going to feel lost, stuck, you know, probably anxious, maybe depressed, sad, at the, the like this sort of stuff's going to start to, to play out. Um, so you have to then focus on the other. So let me just give you a really simple metaphor that I often use. Um As I said, 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with depression, which I'm completely healed of. And I was the one who went through that journey. When I was diagnosed, I hit the books. I did the learning. I ran the experiments. I did all the things. Then I went out in the world and shared what I learned with others. Now, if you have the big number, maybe you're a 6'2", maybe you're a 5'2", maybe you're a 5'1". If you were in the same boat as me and you were diagnosed with depression, the best thing for you to do would be find someone else that has depression Mm -hmm. and focus on helping them heal. And if you focus on helping them heal their mental health, you will heal your mental health in that process. So it's just like this different kind of focal point. Yeah. When you're talking to, I was just thinking, are there certain like, um, numbers that would be more compatible with others? Because I have a ton of three fives in my life. And I don't know if that's because we're supposed to work well together, if we like feed off each other, or is that just coincidence? Like, are there certain numbers that work better with each other? Or is this just to help us understand maybe motivations of each person? Yeah. So I love this. This is such a great question. Um, So yes, we do have harmonic, some harmonic profiles. Um, And for you, it would be, you would be like the one, three would be your harmonic profile. Okay. Okay. Um, For me, it's the six, two. However, what we do find is, and this is kind of going back to the behavioral um, thing, you know, we know in um, behavioral science, let's just call it that, we know that 
we will attract partners and friendships that are similar behaviorally to our parents. Um, with human design, we find the exact same thing. Hmm. So if you, maybe your parents were three fives, maybe your best friend growing up was a three five, maybe you had a lot of three five um, energy when you're in that imprint stage zero to seven. So you'll tend to call more three fives in. Now, the three five profile itself is also the most personable, like it's the one that people are the most drawn hmm. to. Um, because they just feel very down to earth, like they get people um, and they have that five that's like, I can help you because the five can be very, you know, superhero, savior, that yeah. kind of energy. Um, so it could be a bunch of different things. Like, And the way we would really hone in on that is you would have a look at um, your chart, your friend's charts or these primary relationships charts and then look at your parents' charts and say, okay, cool, well, you were conditioned by a 3-5, so that energy mm. is going to feel really good to you. Um, and then if you find there are relationships that come and go, then you want to pay attention to the nuance of the um, the design that's coming and going because it's it's there to teach you something. Okay. And I know we, we probably won't get time to go into incarnation crosses, but this is a place in human design that is really great for this because each incarnation cross has um, a friend of mine, Brynja Magnuson, who's written a brilliant book on incarnation crosses. Um, she has a dinner party question for each incarnation cross. So when you meet someone, um, you can ask yourself the question that that cross brings. So, for example, you've called me in today yeah. and my cross is the cross of planning. So the question that you need to go away and journal on is what does your community need because you've called in my energy. Okay. Well, you know I'm going to do this right as soon as yeah, we hang exactly. up. <laughs> I love it. What I do it as well. What does my community need? Okay. Yeah. That yeah. is so interesting. What's So explain what the incarnation cross means. What is that? Yeah. So we call the incarnation cross, it's the job description of your aura. So, okay. the, and this is kind of what Ra, who is the guy that channeled all of this information in, Ra Uruhu, he talked about it this way. And in a way that it's just, it's kind of happening. We've got to make sure we don't try and interfere too much. The only thing we need to do is raise our consciousness. So what do we? What does that mean? Identify our fear and shadow, um, accept it, acknowledge it, integrate it, and then access the gift and the higher potentials that lie within these energies. Now, our incarnation cross, it's what our aura is doing all the time. And depending mm -hmm. on some other nuances deep down, like some people have what we call a high workload incarnation cross, like I do, meaning that every single person that comes into aura with me they've called in the cross of planning. So they, they have this, like, what does my community need? Um, some people don't have such a high workload cross and it'll depend on all their definition. Um, but the incarnation cross is this piece that it's always operating. It makes up, you know, in the gene keys, uh, Richard Rudd calls it our activation sequence. It's our genius. It's our most prominent energies. It's our sun earth energies on both sides. So they're going to be really big players, really big energies for who you feel you are and how you serve in the world. Um, they're very aligned to your purpose, um, your like your life's work, what drives you to do the work that you do. 
It's also about how you feel really fulfilled. It's also how you access like the greatest vitality within you. And, you know, even within these gates, we can go deeper and really understand the way um, we take in life, the environment we thrive in, the way we perceive life, because we all have our own very unique filters and, you know, what motivates us. So within these top two on each side, so it's top four, what we call gates, um, in the sun and the earth, there is just so much going on about really who we're here, who we are and why we're here. Okay. Gosh, I feel like I could ask you questions all day. So we just may have to have you back. We need, we need to talk about gene keys and then break down this human design stuff even more. But if you are listening and you've gotten a little bit excited about human design, as I have, Emma has her own podcast. It's called the human design podcast with Emma Dunwoody. I actually recently listened to the generator podcast. And one of the main things that really helped me was just because you can, doesn't mean you should. That was like, you would think my head popped off my body because it doesn't sound that like crazy to say, but for a person like me, I'm like, sure, I can do that. Sure. I can do that. Sure. I can do that. Sure. I can do that until I am literally like crippled on the floor because I can't do any more and I'm doing things for other people that should be doing it for themselves too often. So that was a, that was a freeing statement. And I got that from the podcast. What else can people find on your podcast? Um, well, they can find all sorts of things. Obviously, I go through, um, in fact, if you go way back, you can literally start at the beginning and unpack your chart. You can get our free chart from the website and, and it will point you to the episodes to help you unpack your own chart. But I also love, like I'm really into purpose. I'm really into the the work. Of course, I'm an MG, the work that we're here to do on the planet. So we love to focus on that. We also love to have heart-centered, high-consciousness business owners that are also doing their, their, you know, purpose, their work in the world. So, yeah, it's just, I love it. It's also, again, it's in my design, like in this, in my line number, in um, my purpose sphere, sure enough, to use my voice. So well, there you go. My, my podcast really is just my heart. I love it. And if people wanted to work with you um, in a session or learn more about their own chart, where would they find that information? Well, you can um, jump onto the website. Everything you need is on the website. There's links to, we have, um, I have an entire coaching team that I encourage everyone to get on there and intuitively pick who you want to work with. Uh, They're all exceptional. They coach everyone in my membership. I've got a huge membership community that is just, and communities in my personality, son. So it's one of the things that I'm really good at. Yet I do nothing. I do nothing to create these amazing communities other than set the intention and turn up. Um, And we have this amazing community there, which our coaches are always in there as well. So um, there's plenty of ways that you can work with us or with me and um, you'll find on the website. That's emmadunwoody.com. I'll put it in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I thoroughly, I love this stuff. So, I mean, all the listeners know I geek out over it. This is like my Christmas to get to talk about this. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing all that information with us. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'd love to be back and yeah, just let me know what you want me to talk about and I'll be here with bells on. Deal. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.